Hello, welcome to the Thursday, August 20th, 2020 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Little treat today from Xavier who walks you through a somewhat unusual obfuscation technique used by a recent sample of Quackbot. It was delivered as one of those DocuSign documents and emails that you've probably seen quite frequently. In this case, the macro that then actually caused the Quackbot sample to be loaded had this interesting obfuscation technique that Xavier took apart for you. What's also sort of interesting is that the file name actually depends on the current timestamp on the system downloading the file. Now, what Xavier here assumes is that the file name actually doesn't matter that's being used to download the sample. Instead, that's probably more meant to sort of obfuscate the request as it's uh, traveling on the wire. So, for example, someone observing these downloads may not necessarily see a lot of documents being downloaded using the same file name. Xavier, in addition to decoding this scheme that's being used to create the file name, also decoded 10 different host names that are being used to download this sample. And we got the interesting paper from a group of German security researchers that looked at problems with encrypted email. And they looked at common open PGP and SMIME implementations. They looked at 20 different mail clients and found eight to be weak to actually, in some cases, pretty easy to exploit vulnerabilities. Four of these clients were actually vulnerable to something they call a mail-to-key exfiltration attack. And this one surprised me. Apparently, well, uh, when I used the mail-to-tag in websites, uh, I was aware that you can set a subject and the to parameter of the email. But apparently, some email clients do read additional parameters, in particular, an attachment parameter. And by setting this parameter, you can essentially trick the victim once they're clicking on the mail to link to automatically include arbitrary files from their system in the email they're going to send you. Thunderbird, Kmail, Evolution, IBM nodes are vulnerable to this mail-to-key exfiltration problem. Only Evolution will give you a message if you actually attach a hidden file. So while these email clients aren't super popular, at least Thunderbird, I think, has a pretty decent following. Outlook, one of the more popular clients uh, being tested here, does suffer from an automated import of certificates, which could then be used to replace existing certificates and keys with a certificate and key pair that the attacker actually knows. Also, Outlook does not actually encrypt drafts, even though encryption is enabled. If you're wondering how your email client fared, I will, of course, have a link to the paper in the show notes, which also then explains some of the other attacks that they were testing. 
And Microsoft today released patches for Windows 8.1 as well as for Windows Server 2012 R2, fixing two privilege escalation vulnerabilities. Not really clear why Microsoft did release these updates out of order. They're not currently being exploited. Also, they do not have any public disclosure so far. My guess is that maybe some kind of deadline is expiring and public disclosure will happen soon. Either way, only these two specific operating systems are affected in order to take advantage of this vulnerability. An attacker would have to execute code on a system. And then, of course, they would end up with system privileges on that system. Since you don't have to restart your system after applying this patch, uh, no real reason not to apply it. And the CVE numbers being addressed here are CVE 2020-1530 as well as 1537. And researchers at security company GuardiCore came across a sort of interesting little bit a new botnet that's mining crypto coins. Now, the initial attack is pretty straightforward. It's yet another SSH brute forcing botnet, but it gets sort of interesting in the sense that, first of all, it stays in memory, so nothing is being written to files. And probably a little bit more interesting than that even is that it uses a peer-to-peer -peer protocol for the communication between bots, and that protocol appears to have been written from scratch. This particular botnet also adds backdoors to systems in the form of a special authorized keys file that's being dropped and then of course would give persistent access to these systems to any attacker that has the respective secret key. The goal appears to be just crypto coin mining so in that respect not all that crazy dangerous. But probably a good uh, reason to double check your authorized key files and make sure there's nothing in those files that isn't supposed to be in there. Well, and that's it for today. So thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.